0: One of the amazing qualities of feminine leadership is what I would call being like strategically cunning.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tara said, we're gonna get a little manipulative today.
0: Yeah, but I don't mean that in a bad way. <laughs> For example, with my boyfriend, when we started dating, he had like receding hairline. <laughs> and I told him that, like, hey, I just look at every other area of your life and how like decisive and clear of a leader you are. And this one feels like it's just out of alignment. It's like off brand with like who you are and who your soul is. And that man immediately went and shaved his head.
1: You know, they say women shouldn't be bossy. We're out here reclaiming that word.
0: What's so wrong with being the boss? I'm Tara Reed, the CEO of a multi-million dollar edtech business.
1: And I'm Katie Yaddy Tossan, better known as Money with Katie on the internet. At our core, we're driven by a
0: shared ambition to build our own mini empires.
1: Welcome to Bossy.
0: In the next few years, I really want to sell my business. And so I'm starting to think about that. And I could use your advice because you've done this before. Okay. So I think finding the right home for your baby is really hard. I've been thinking that it should be a tech company. We've had conversations with like um, no-code tech companies before, Mm. but I'm now sort of like, and I think through some conversations with you, thinking about it being a media company and like learning about how you've done that and sold your brand to a media company. Mm -hmm. So, I, I think that the challenge is that I have started to do some partnerships with I think brands that I think would be a good fit. And I think everyone understands that we're like early stage in dating in the mm. conversation, but nothing's like exclusive. I haven't locked anything down or direction. So my, the question I really wanna ask you is like, how do I drop the handkerchief <laughs> in like a subtle way? Like using like feminine leadership energy, just like to push the convo forward. Cause I do kind of think it's important that it feels like their idea. Oh, boy.
1: You know what? I'm going to run with the dating analogy because I think the relationship – think about when you're early in a relationship and it's kind of all about the chase. I think this idea of, like, it has to feel like their idea, particularly if – well, I'm not going to say if you're selling to a man, but but if you're (laughs) selling to someone that you want them to want to pursue you and your business and and to buy your business, I think the reason and maybe the only reason that it worked for me – the way it did was because it was not even on my radar. So it yeah. reminds me of like when you're really single and you're loving being single and you're having fun and you're not looking for anybody or anything. And then suddenly, like, boom, the, the it your, just happens. It just happens. Like, your life partner just finds you because you're so on your own journey. Like, <laughs> I kind of pictured this working in the same way where counterintuitively, the best way to kind of bring that in is to be so Mm. happy and successful and to have it all together and to kind of have everything you need so you're in that like take it or leave it energy where you're like well I don't need you I don't need this you know you tell me why I should want to do this why I should want you to buy me like I'm good I've got it you know on my own were you
0: surprised when the conversation came up about having your business acquired
1: yeah, it yeah. it was not on my radar at all. It it didn't even exist in the realm of possibilities. So when that became, I was, I was honestly confused. I was like, "You want what? Like, you want to do what with it now?" How did you respond? I think that's what I said. I said, "Huh?" <laughs> I said, "I would like to hear more about what you mean." I had a lot of questions. I was pretty just. Amateur hour about it. I was like, well, I don't know like I already have this other job and like this is making this much money Like I'm pretty content with what I've got. So I don't know that it would make sense for you it No, I actually unintentionally to... hard to get I
0: guess I think this is actually really useful I think like sometimes people give the dating advice to be like less pressed about it to just sort of kind of like let that happen I'm sort of like there's conversations where I think it might turn to something but I'm just sort of like eh, I'm not pressed about it and I think I need to like take I need to take more of that on, hmm. I think I'm learning that from you how important that is in the actual transaction because I think people think about selling a business and like the actual negotiation part that happens and that's not like pr- prior to that is almost this like casual dating mm-hmm. kind of thing that happens And so this is useful for me to hear like what it was like for you
1: Okay Well, I think it's to that idea in a negotiation that the person who cares less wins Ooh. the person that you kind of can give yourself the upper hand by by being so good with what you've got yeah, a little bit. Now, I'm not saying that that was necessarily how things ended up playing out or that's not really a commentary on what happened to me, just that in general, I think that that magnetic sense or picturing yourself in that magnetic energy, mm. which I'm, we're getting a little woo-woo now. But. No, but
0: women know a lot about this, I think, and like this, this sort of creating this magnetism mm-hmm. that is really interesting.
1: Versus being the pursuer, which I think is yeah. hard in business if you have a very direct style, if you're very clear on what you want, if you're very decisive, it takes an active you have to actively choose to approach it the other way because you might be like, well, I know this, what I want. So I normally if I want something, I just go full force at it. But some things you got to reel okay. them in this is subtly. Good
0: this is good advice. Like <laughs> okay.
1: Okay. Well, I do think that there's – I know I made the joke about selling to a man and, and letting a man think that something is his idea because I do think that – As a woman married to a heterosexual man, that is definitely a negotiation tactic I use in my own home. Yeah. But I think we do hold men and women to different standards. I think we expect different things from uh, male or female leaders. And I know we've had some conversations about this in the past, but it is a little bit discouraging to me, even when you zoom out and kind of look at the broader facts of business where 10% 10% of Fortune 500 CEOs are women, 90% are men. Mm. 2% of venture funding goes to women, 98% goes to men. It's it's a very 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 obviously lopsided kind of power dynamic as the further up the ladder you go. Yeah. And it's a uh, it's interesting to me the way that we tend to the more a woman ascends the ladder, the bigger the target on her back gets, right?
0: Yeah, I was just thinking about this. You were talking about like selling your business and maybe to be, being to a man. And I was like, actually, statistically, that might be more likely
1: the mm. case. Do
0: you think we hold men and women leaders to like different standards?
1: Yes. Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, I think the, the main thing that I would call out is that I think we value agreeableness in women a lot more. So I think we expect mm. different things for men and women in general, and so we apply those standards to them in business. So, for example, this is someone I always think about, and it's been kind of top of mind for me this year because there's been a lot of pieces coming out recently about the girl boss is dead or the girl boss died. Well, it's a good thing because the girl—whatever. So the kind of coiner of the term girl boss, Sophia Amoruso, she— she was a pretty fantastic business person. I mean, she did things that that very, very, very few founders do. She bootstrapped a company to nine figures, a hundred million dollars with no outside funding. Okay, I don't even I can't even wrap my head around how that's possible. She wrote the now famous memoir Girl Boss, which is where the term came from. And oh. then, you know, if you were like, oh, if you somehow have never heard of her, the show on Netflix called Girl Boss is all about her starting Nasty Gal in SF. And so anyway, she kind of, she rose to prominence very quickly. And anytime that happens and someone gets a little overexposed, you know we're just teeing them up to Mm, shoot them back down. We can't handle it. We can't handle it. And so she was basically there were there were a wide range of allegations i'll say but but one of the things was that she's very tough she makes she made people like work too hard i think the primary allegation was that she had fired more than one person before or during a maternity leave and so the allegation was that she was firing people because they became pregnant which is obviously a very serious allegation i have no idea actually how those i'm sure they settled out of court but it's funny because in 2020 it wasn't just Sophia, okay? So there was, like, a whole slew of women that kind of got this treatment that we could talk about. But Sophia, in general, I think is a good example of what happens when a woman behaves in a way that's considered not very feminine.
0: So you're saying the way she behaved was essentially she made people work too hard. That was That's the biggest critique of her that people say.
1: Well, I think that there's it's one of them. I wouldn't yeah. say it's the biggest. I think the, the pregnancy allegations, obviously, very serious. Uh, I'm not sure if, wh- how those ended up. But, yeah, in general, it was like, oh, she's very, she's really tough. She's, like, really, um, yeah, she like, demands a lot of people, basically. Yeah. Which, like, you don't really hear people complaining about that from dudes. From men, ever. Right.
0: Like, so, like Steve Jobs is a really great example. Yeah. He was, like, super demanding, super, like, he would fire people if they were just, like, not giving him exactly what he wanted. Everybody was sort of, like, on pins and needles about mm-hmm. his response to things as he's walking around campus and we hold that up as like oh look at steve jobs like he was a great leader he had everybody on their toes like everybody pushing to their limit
1: yeah yeah yeah. Right? pushing yeah that's exactly pushing it's, it's to it's their like, oh, limit he's a passionate uncompromising visionary like Which is a very
0: masculine thing like pushing it to the limit yeah it's like a very like we're just gonna like go straight through the wall and just like keep working through it mm-hmm. it's like a very masculine leadership style that we're okay seeing in men like Steve Jobs, like Jeff Bezos, but we feel totally different Mm -hmm. when it's a woman.
1: Yeah, and I think that's not to excuse some—and I'll tell you, it's not to excuse some of the people that got flamed. Like, there was definitely some legitimate bad behavior. Yeah. But it's it's highlighted and paraded through the media for these women in a way that really doesn't so much happen for men. You don't really see guys getting flamed in the media for their leadership styles or for even, like, aggressive things that they're doing. So here's a little smattering for you. You've got Refinery29's Christine Barbaric, uh, racial diversity allegations. You've got Man Repeller's Leandra Medine, something similar. Bando's Jen Gotch. Uh, I think that one was mostly like overall toxic culture. The Wings, Audrey Gelman. And then um, Thinks's Mickey Agarwal. So this is like a— long list of, of women that over the course of one year were basically one by one lined up in the media where it's like, oh, allegations mm. about their leadership style ranging from petty to securities fraud in in seriousness. But there, the point is like there was not I don't remember a single male leader that was that was in that line them up and shoot them down kind of like robots takedown series and they really kind of got the feeling that like the media had a lot of fun with it like there was a lot of takedown series and like they kind of proliferated and
0: it's one of those things where
1: it's like subconscious
0: fun right like Mm -hmm. i don't know that people are necessarily like let's take down the women leaders let's be more critical of the women leaders Mm -hmm. i think sometimes we totally forget how hard it might be. I've never done this. I've never bootstrapped a business to nine figures like Mm -hmm. Nathanael Sophia has. Uh, But I imagine that's really darn tough Mm -hmm. and really takes a lot of leaning into any leadership skills you got, including great ones and ones Mm -hmm. that still need development. And you're now publicly developing your leadership skills and people are critiquing you for it. Like, I just can't imagine having that much growth at that much scale and having that much critique and then just being in a lineup of just rapid fire of just women being critiqued for their work.
1: I also think that This conversation could come across as though it's defensive of some of the bad behavior when in reality, I think it's more so meant to just highlight the way that like the double standard exists where it's not saying that the bad behavior should be excused. It's that if you're going to call out the bad behavior, call it out for men and women. Like, let's not let's let's not let anyone get away with it, not just the women. Mm. So it kind of felt like it came to a head this year because there was a book that came out called Glossy. That was about Glossier and Emily Weiss, who was kind of in this pack of female leaders who were very, I'll say, exposed in the media and and put themselves out there, like wanted to have this public facing persona. They had their own really big Instagram followings and they were kind of leveraging their personal brands to get funding, to uh, increase hiring pra- like they were, they were taking advantage of the fact yeah. that they had some like star power a little bit to help their business, which like to me, I'm like, great. And so Glossy came out and Emily was one that never really got uh, shouted down really in the 2020 kind of like lineup where you saw them one after the other. There was some stuff with Out of the Gloss scandal, but she in particular kind of escaped the worst of it and didn't end up having to step down or resign or anything. And so Glossy comes out and everyone is kind of expecting it to be this takedown of Emily Weiss and how, oh, my gosh, like, what is it going to reveal? What are they going to tell us about how toxic she is? And like the extent of the toxicity is like basically the criticism was that she's privileged and she's a little woo woo. Like, we're going to find something I mean, we no were, matter what. We were grasping at straws. And yeah. so, like, I read it, thought it was kind of like a fun little read. And yeah. then I had I had a, someone, a Money with Katie reader, reach out to be like, did you read this? What did you think? This actually rubbed me the wrong way, and here's why. And I was like, oh, damn, I didn't even, like, pick up on that at first, that mm. that was kind of what was happening here. So the takeaway right now, I think, is that there's this consensus among women leaders that, like, you're better off flying under the radar and not getting your name out there, not getting your face out there, not having a public-facing persona. People will point to leaders like Greg Renfrew, who started Beauty Counter, who sold for $1 billion. People will point to brands like Dagny Dover. Their three co-founders are very under the radar and be like, see? But I think that that's the wrong approach. I don't think playing small and not letting yourself be seen is how we combat this.
0: I think one of the distinctions that you made about these women who really got berated in the media, they were using their personal brand and their their star power. Like mm-hmm. that word hit me in a way that I think is really profound, because if you let your star be seen a little bit too much, like it starts to sort of rub people the wrong way. Yeah, I think I think in general, using your personal brand Man or woman, masculine or feminine, is really powerful. I I agree with you that I don't think that it is worth it to shrink yourself to like play under the radar. I think there will be some things that you get from it. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that there's things that you get from just like laying low. But I think that what the the benefit is so much stronger. I don't know that I would make the decision even in these women's scenarios to be like, oh, I'm just gonna reel it back. I'm gonna shrink this. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the reason the women got canceled is because they were using like a masculine energy leadership style? Like it wasn't like a stay in your place, do be more feminine in your Mm. leadership.
1: I think it's tough because the allegations range so much, but I think that because the, it was bad behavior layered on top of a management style or a leadership style that was seen as abrasive.
0: Abrasive. I do yeah, I not think agreeable like you said. Not earlier. agreeable.
1: I think there is a a stronger microscope t- that gets applied to you when mm. you are not meeting the expectations of what a woman quote should behave like or act like yeah
0: if you're a woman and you're not doing a more feminine leadership style if you're a man and you're not doing a more masculine leadership style you just get more scrutiny
1: yeah and i think that you can kind of see it happening in real time a little bit i remember like back when adam newman was when when, before we works fall yeah when 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 his star was still rising there were so many stories about him walking around the office barefoot and how he would have like camp we work or whatever it was called where it was just this it was like drugs and alcohol and all sorts of
0: hanging out together Mm -hmm. and it's sort of chill and laid back and like collaborative
1: and and there were so many things that i i don't know i don't know that he ever got accused of anything truly salacious but just i would say in general somewhat erratic behavior that he exhibited that Mm -hmm. we chalked up to genius and brilliance as opposed to like that guy is not all there and like You know, we're suspicious of his behavior, whereas I think if Adam Newman were a woman, I think that the perspective on his leadership style and walking around the office barefoot probably would have been perceived a little bit differently. So interesting. I I don't know, man. I think think it would have been perceived better or worse if he was a woman. Oh, Worse, I think that I think he was kind of an HR nightmare and I mm. think when a woman is an HR nightmare It is like big news and so it's let's go a back problem to the
0: agreeableness So you just got to be like in line. what would you say is the difference between a masculine leadership style and a feminine leadership style?
1: I think I struggle with the gender generalizations. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure you probably do to some extent, too. I think what bothers me, because I, I see how it could be a positive thing and how everyone can play. Like, we're really just naming two different approaches. Yeah. And then you can play with both of them. But I think for me, I get defensive because I hear <laughs> traits like assertiveness and drive and, mo- like, you know, directness being associated with male being associated with men or masculinity. And I'm like, well, no, I don't like, Why do they get to be assertive? I wanna be assertive, you know? Interesting, yeah, okay, so I think that when we think
0: about traditionally, when people think about traditional feminine leadership, people talk about empathy, they talk about communication, Mm EQ, creativity, like including everybody. That's what we talk about typically. Yeah. When we talk about masculine leadership, typically people are talking about exactly what you're saying, right? Like assertive, being competitive, being like hierarchical in how you think, confrontational maybe. Right. I don't know that I fully buy those being the definitions. They're not not the definitions. They just feel a little surface as the definition.
1: Okay. So what I'm hearing is that it's not that you're saying that there's not some truth or a kernel maybe of truth, but that like the truth is probably more nuanced. It's more
0: nuanced. Like okay, I'll give you an example of this. So I think that. When I think about my own relationship with my own feminine leadership, I think when we think about, like, a society, we have a hard time identifying the most powerful parts of women and of femininity. Hmm, So I think what that means is, like, one of the amazing qualities of feminine leadership is what I would call being, like, strategically cunning.
1: Oh, Tara said, we're going to get a little manipulative today. Yeah, but I don't mean that in a <laughs> bad way.
0: I don't mean that in a bad way at all. Like, I think if you think about, like, a stereotypical example of, like, a wife, for example, like, persuading her husband to get something done, there's one way which is just, like, straight up tell him <laughs> what to do, which, like, we know in our experience often with just, like, masculine energy so just, like, doesn't work that mm. well. They're are, There are, like you freaked out by that. And so the way that you find the side door, the way that you like suggest something, like for example, with my boyfriend, when we started dating, he had like receding (laughs) hairline. And I told him that like, hey, I just look at every other area of your life and how like decisive and clear of a leader you are and everything else. And this one feels like it's just out of alignment. It's like off brand with like who you are and who your soul is. And that man immediately went and shaved his head. Immediately,
1: (laughs) I'm almost getting like a like (laughs) I don't want to say female villain. I can't want to reference Shigo again, but I do think that this idea of being strategically cunning is kind of interesting because I think a more diplomatic way of phrasing that is just being a strategic communicator and framing things in the way that you feel it's going to get that person to see why it's in their best interest versus going straight Mm-mm. for the truth. But I like keeping the word cunning in there. Let me tell you why. <laughs> All right, Let me you, tell you why. cunning. Okay, well, here's
0: why. I think that we have so much ability built up around the woman like the idea of feminine like purity. Ooh, that, like you yeah. can't be the villain at all. There can't be these two sides, right? Whereas Yeah, you have to be a good girl, yeah. right? And I think the reality of like real feminine strength is like these both sides of, it doesn't have to be just good girl. Like sometimes you're trying to like get something accomplished and get something done. And that brings out this different kind of energy. And I think that energy is the one that we often label witch. Or we mm. label it something else in history because it feels so uncomfortable for like a woman to be sort of like strategically like thinking something through and using these different sort of like ways of making things happen that are not just like about logic, right? I, I think that that if we take that out, we start to lose some of the power of like what is so powerful about feminine leadership. And so I do think being strategically cunning is an interesting Way of thinking about that.
1: So, to me, the elephant in the room and like where you and I always come in things differently, which cracks me up, is that I feel like you look at things like this and you go, okay, well, let's play the hand we're dealt. We're women. This is how people see us. This is what they expect from us. How do we play to our strengths mm. and navigate that? How do we be cunning? How do we get what we want? Whereas I feel like I get, I look at that and I go, why can't I communicate like a man and not be chastised for it? Or why can't I, why are, why are these things gendered at all? Like, why can't we just have the one thing or why can't both people be both more directly where if we're looking at like the the women founders that we Mm. highlighted and they're getting, you know, toxic culture, pushing people too hard, like, well, clearly we have an issue with women leaders in I would say our culture.
0: I have a controversial opinion on this. <sighs> Let's go. I think that some of why we have this uncomfortability around how, around women's power is that women can very often do the direct approach or the strategic, like I'm gonna come in and through this from the side kind of approach. And I don't think often like masculine energy is very good at the strategic from the side, hmm. I'm gonna wait I'm going to find the right timing. It's going to be calculated. Like, it's just kind of like, let's go. Let's go through the wall. Everybody, we're going. (laughs) Like, that's kind of like what it feels like. So they're not often like good at it. I think we're uncomfortable with women actually being really good at both. And so maybe we try to like bucket them into those things. I often think about when I think about this and I even when I think about my own leadership style, which I don't feel like I can bucket very well to your point into like I do this in a masculine way or I do this in a feminine way all the time. I think... More the image that's in my head is a lioness.
1: Hmm. Like when I
0: think about myself, I think that way. And I think that like a lioness is not like a super docile, passive, good girl creature all the time, right? Like the lioness like hunts in, in groups with other women, so she's collaborative. That's like a feminine leadership trait. And will wait and sort of stop, pray, and find the right timing. And it's not gonna just YOLO into it, which is maybe more like masculine leadership style. But it's still not, so like it's strategically smart and getting Mm -hmm. what she wants, but it's not, Just, like, going hard in it. And it's also just not like, oh, I'm just good girl. I'm not doing anything. I'm Mm -hmm. just, it's all about, like, kumbaya. Like, it's not that either. It's just this interesting kind of in-between or it's this power of those things with women. And so I, like, have this picture of, like, a lioness as a leader in my head a lot when I think about this for myself.
1: I think those types of uh, analogies or visualizations are very helpful for keeping it in a productive Mm. headspace right yeah and i think that that framing of well this is really just something where women have that ability to kind of switch between the two or it's a could superpower employ them strategically yeah maybe it, it could be thought of as a superpower for navigating the way things are i think one thing to remember then is that women can use masculine leadership styles to their advantage and men can use feminine leadership styles to their advantage.
0: 100%. I actually think the most useful place to be thinking about this, too, is in corporate settings, right? In a corporate setting, you have to think about how do I get buy-in for things? How do I get everybody on the same page so that they almost feel like my ideas are their ideas, right? Also, in high-risk entrepreneurship, you have to do this, too, right? And so I actually think we should be thinking about when do we use each of these things? How do we use each of these things?
1: And it's not like you only have one. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a toolkit. Yeah. Okay, good. I do think you have to be strategic, too, not just corporate versus running a small team, but whether the business is go- things are going really well or things are maybe struggling a little bit in the business because i think you can afford to be a little more fast and loose with style and approach and maybe you can be more direct when things are going really well because things aren't as tense things people don't feel as threatened the risk doesn't feel quite as as high and so i feel like when when things are struggling that cunning feminine leadership however we're going to describe it of looking for the right timing looking for the side door really putting that extra thought into Mm -hmm. how you are getting things done becomes all the more important. Yeah, I think
0: one thing we have to remember is that Women can use masculine leadership whenever they want, and and men can use feminine leadership Mm -hmm. whenever they want. I actually think it's important to know when to use the right one. I have a friend who is an investment banker, and like sometimes I've heard him on calls where the culture is very like masculine. And you know, when people do that thing where they one person says a comment and then the other person literally just says the same comment, like echoes them as if it was their own idea, and everybody's kind of just trying to like restate each other's statements mm-hmm. and then their own idea. It's a totally unproductive meeting. But like sometimes I'll notice that he won't play that game with them. He won't like say someone else's idea like it's his own idea. And like I think he's doing it because he's a good guy and he's reasonable. But sometimes I think it doesn't work for his favor because that's the culture that, it, mm-hmm. that he's in. And like that's how you win in that game and in that culture. I can think about some other examples where I know my male friends have decided to like lean into other sides of themselves in meetings, like in one-on-ones. So I have a friend who was telling me about a one-on-one he had with one of his employees and she had started crying in the meeting. And sometimes as a CEO, you really wanna like show this like strong face, like no, you're unbreakable, but he like was getting emotional too and he allowed himself to like cry with her in that meeting because he was feeling emotional too. And it allowed them to sort of get on the same page wow. and connect and bond. So I think that there's all time, di- sometimes it's for, for all of us, it's appropriate to use one and not the other. And I think sometimes because we get so bifurcated into like, I'm a woman, so I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. from society, always using this one leadership style. It doesn't allow us to be as dynamic as we actually need to be.
1: I love that. <laughs> that was a great little. Mm, how dynamic we really need to be. I'm yeah. like, damn. Every like re- one thing. It does remind me of. Um, there was a time when you and I were working on a project, and <laughs> there was.
0: <laughs> I'm scared. There was say? so
1: much confusion around like who's in charge here, and you had given the feedback of like, look, everyone's looking for a leader. No one knows who's in charge. So you go be the leader and go be in charge and just just take charge of the situation. And to me, that is a very like if we're using this this vernacular, that's kind of like the masculine. No, I'm just going to I'm just going to assume the role of the shot caller. Yeah. And everyone's going to be grateful for it, because in this context, we are hungry for someone to start calling the shot. Yeah. And like you know, calling the plays for us. Because
0: sometimes everybody's floundering and it's a hot mess and you just have to be like, I, okay, here's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you just have to really do so that. So the context sometimes, really matters. Yeah, because sometimes that's totally inappropriate and will rub everyone the wrong way. Yeah. I, I think that really this concept too of like being in a corporate setting and knowing like, in a company, how do I get people to sort of be aligned with me? How do I know? How do I get my customers to be aligned with me? How do I get my team? I think like not everybody's thinking about how to be dynamic with things like that.
1: Yeah, I agree. Actually, wait, do you, do you have an example perhaps of like getting someone aligned on a team or like, I want you to say more about the corporate side of things. Cause I have a feeling there's a strong contingent of our audience who might still be making that transition.
0: Yeah, okay, so I think about my time at my my most recent time at corporate, I was working at Microsoft Mm -hmm. and Microsoft has actually, there's this joke about the org charts of big tech companies and the org chart in this joke cartoon of Microsoft is like three different parts of the org with guns <laughs> Oh yeah, pointing at each other, right? So, so very sort of like masculine, like I'm gonna take your budget, I'm gonna like get yourself kind of culture. But even inside of that, like you could go after somebody else's budget and be like, no, I sh- I deserve their budget more, mm-hmm. right? So you could go like really aggressively and do that. And that happens, by the way, all the time in corporate organizations, like how we allocate resources is actually the main underpinning underneath all of that. I think one example, of like a good use of feminine leadership, of being perceptive, of looking at the right timing of things, is understanding the underbelly of like, oh look, everybody's just trying to like hit their numbers this year. They're trying to prove I'm good at my job, I'm good at my job. And so if I can present my idea Let's say I have an idea for research that we should do, some marketing research. If I can present my idea in a way that shows my boss, that shows my coworker, that that's going to help them hit their goal faster. If I'm presenting it that way, that's a really great example of like strategic feminine leadership of being, finding the right timing, understanding everybody's objectives and presenting
1: it in a collaborative way. I love it. We'll be right back to the conversation after a quick break. Okay, back to the show.
0: So I wanna play a game. The game is which style should you use? Okay. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can kind of play along with us in the comments. We'd love to hear what you think. So I have some scenarios. Okay and they're, they're small business company startup scenarios. So, so you gotta tell me, when I tell you this scenario, if you personally would mainly use masculine leadership in this scenario or feminine leadership in this scenario. Because there's no right or wrong answer, it's just like personal how you would approach it. Okay. Okay, so, scenario one, your startup just landed a major client Project is bigger than anything your team has ever handled before. So, like, huge contract comes in. There's a tight deadline. Everybody has to be on your A game, on their A game. Which kind of leadership style? Uh,
1: I'm going to be honest and say masculine. I'd Mm. probably go pretty direct, probably pretty, like, by the book to the, you know, we're going to, yeah, masculine. Why? Why would you choose that? Because immediately that scenario brought up being kind of like, okay, we're short on time, this is very urgent, this is very important, like, we don't have... I don't have the time and like the luxury of sitting back and like waiting to be and figuring out how this advances everyone else's objectives and mm. and like when's my in when's my opening how do I go through, where's the side door like to me I'm like I gotta barge through the front door to make it happen but yeah. I'm like also sensing that that's probably you're saying there's no right or wrong but I'm like there's a right and wrong. She I has, don't know that she a has right. a sense for right and wrong. Here. No, I don't think there's a right or <laughs> wrong. I could totally see that right. I think in times where there's you have to
0: make quick, decisive decisions that it leans a little bit more into masculine energy. What I was thinking about though was I was thinking about a scenario where I have a super competent team and where I have a not as competent team because if I have a not as competent team, I got to tell everybody, here's what you do. Here's what you do. Here's what you got to do. Here's like, and so now I'm like really in a more masculine leadership way calling shots of delegating. But I also think in a scenario where I have like a really competent team, I just got to be like, this is your shot. This is your shot to like crush it, to hit numbers, to really prove like that you should be insert promotion you want to have here. And that
1: to you is feminine. Yeah, Yeah. I think
0: that's a little bit more like making sure that everybody like understands that their job understands their job and feels motivated to do their job is a little bit more of like a feminine leadership piece of this and so i think that if i had a really competent team we could have a quick conversation about it in a more feminine way and they'd be off to the races so i think who i have really makes a difference too
1: okay interesting i like
0: it i'm interested to hear what people say in the comments
1: yeah same actually
0: okay (laughs) scenario two your team's been working hard and is putting in long hours for weeks you can tell Mm. people getting tired Mm. morale starting to dip there's feeling the strain which kind of leadership style are you using
1: I think on this one, I'm going to go feminine because I think on this one, when people feel demoralized, it's like you can't fight feeling with fact. You got to meet feeling with feeling and perceptivity and understanding and empathy. So I think I'd go feminine on this one because I think when you want to motivate someone that might be feeling a little bit discouraged, that to me isn't like a logic driven. You have a heart to heart. Directive, right? It's like the hey, we're gonna get through this and like this is gonna be worth it because blah, blah, blah. And hey, what do you need? What can I do for you? Like that servant leadership mentality.
0: Yeah, I think I typically employ In these scenarios, a feminine leadership style. And I'm always envious, though, of the ability to take that, like everybody's fearing demoralized, and just like rile everybody up. Rah, rah. Yeah. Rah, rah everybody up just to like really reinvigorate in like a really aggressive way. Have you seen
1: that work well? Like, do you have, have you ever like witnessed that yourself? in a business?
0: Yeah, 100%. I watch my boyfriend do it in his business all the time. Like he's really good. Like when people are feeling demoralized, like he gives this like the most epic pep talk oh. that just like turns the energy of the meeting around. I don't have that skill set.
1: Hmm. I feel I like have. you do. Or I feel like it's in you.
0: I think when I'm when it's like a hard time in this scenario right, everybody's putting in really long hours, it's really hard, I'm more likely to not be able to do it in that scenario. It's harder for me in that scenario.
1: Okay, I I hear you. I yeah. would now. I will you videotape Mert next time he does this, so yeah. I can witness this. Yeah, it's, I want to see pretty, one of these epic. pep talks.
0: Yeah, it's pretty good. I'll see if I can like get a okay, clip. Okay, so right. but that's a good yeah. that's
1: a good differentiation though of like pep talk. So you would consider kind of that pep talk, it's almost like you are going do a, into war, like bra.
0: You could do a pep talk in either way, because a pep talk could still be like heart to heart, like let right, me, yeah. and I think it could be like, I often do the pep talk, like more feminine style pep talk, by sharing my vulnerability first. Like let me tell you how I'm feeling. I imagine yeah. you might be feeling similarly, just wanna like check in and see where are you on this. I think that's a one, That's a that could still be a pep talk in one energy. And there's also another, like, but we got this. Like, let me, like, look at what we, look at the wins that we've had thus far. Look, it's more of, like, a power through kind of energy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I could see both of those. Okay, okay. Again, want to hear what you guys say in the comments. Okay, scenario three. Here's my last one. The market landscape has suddenly shifted. Your startup strategy, no longer viable. It's, it's getting a little weak. And you really need quick, innovative thinking to, like, find a new
1: direction, Oh, quick! You quick, innovative thinking from others. This so this is a tricky one.
0: This is tricky. Quick, innovative thinking is required for a new direction.
1: Okay, I feel like you just gave me a little hint there. No, I think th- what that I'm pointing Easter out is that that's,
0: that no, that sentence has elements of both in there.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I just immediately uh, honed in on the quick, of quick. like you gotta go fast. But I also think that innovative thinking is typically a collaborative effort. So yeah. I'm like, how do I mesh the two? Creativity. Is there an option to go, like, you kind of play both sides of it? Maybe you're approaching it with, uh, Ooh. I'm like, what would a hybrid model look like? A
0: hybrid like? would look like, hey, everybody, we're stopping what we're doing this week. We're doing, like, a planning meeting. We're going to do a design sprint like one of those like Google Ventures yeah. IDEO design sprints, specifically around creative problem solving. But like this is what we're gonna do. Everybody, cut off their calendar for these times. It's already on your schedule. Let's go. We've got to be quick about it. That maybe is like a hybrid.
1: Mhm. Mhm. I'm realizing too, in listening to this, that I think I appreciate masculine leadership styles when I'm the one being led a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. But I think it's so context dependent. I just I think you you and I have talked about this before, where if someone tries to give you feedback and it's a little beating around the bush, I think you have a really good bullshit detector for like sniffing out when someone's not just being straight with you about something and like just say what you mean, like just be direct with me. I kind of feel the same way. Mm. And so I think that what you just outlined, where it's like, we're stopping this, we're starting this, like, even if you're just using that approach to put frameworks in place and to set expectations for people, I think that removes a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. Yeah. When important decisions happen. And I think sometimes you have
0: to, as a leader, remove uncertainty, even when you're uncertain. Right. You're the main one who's uncertain, but this is the way we're going to go. We're going to the right. Anyway, it may be wrong, but we're going to the right.
1: And how much of that, though, do you let on? Because I could see a world wherein it's not you don't necessarily want everyone to know that you're not entirely sure that that's where you should be going and that you might instill confusion or a lack of confidence unnecessarily by being that up front. To you, is like radical transparency or honesty, does that skew? one way or the other because I think I would kind of perceive that as being a more masculine because it kind of feels like a blunt force tool Oh, versus interesting. like I to me the other way too. oh really because I'm thinking femininity, the, the cunning feminine energy that you described feels very like calculated in what cards I'm showing you yeah
0: I think the reality though is it, it's really not that black and white as we want mm. to think of it as and also like we really have from a gender perspective like a big misunderstanding about the other and how they're operating and like what they're doing at that moment, and we have a misunderstanding about ourselves. Like, is this masculine? Is this feminine? Like, I think like it's not as black and white as we really want to make it seem. And I think a really interesting reflection of how like gray zone this is and how funny and confusing this all is is like what we see on social media with this like girl math and boy math (laughs) trend have you seen this? Mm -hmm. so in general the joke is that like men don't understand how women approach thinking about logic and decision making and particularly there's a joke about money Right. So women spend is the joke is that women spend a lot of money on frivolous things is sort of the joke. So like girl math, for example, on social media is where you buy concert tickets in advance. But when by the time the concert comes, they were free because you
2: bought them in advance.
0: (laughs) Or like girl math is where you return clothes, but you actually made her a profit because you returned the clothes you got. Maybe you wore it once, which I 100 percent agree with, by the way. Totally profitable. And so th- so that's what people were saying on social media. People, guys replied back. Um, or sorry, Guys were saying that initially. Guys were saying this on social media. Women replied back and said, yeah, you guys wanna say that we're not logical. You're actually not that logical on your own. Because boy math is like a critique of how like men think they're really logical often but are really often not that logical. So like boy math is being scared that women are gonna use you for your money that you don't actually have or boy math is calling women emotional when you cry and get in fights with your football team after you lose or like boy math is like wanting a housewife but not having no house <laughs> and so like this trend is sort of going back and forth about like how we think about ourselves like we're really logical we're not logical like how we think about ourselves how the other person perceives us and like it's really not as black and white as we
1: think oh my god that's <laughs> I feel like you could talk about girl math, boy math all day. Okay. Well, okay. My, I think my headline is that it feels like we judge women yeah. leaders differently. And so as a woman leader, you can do with that information what you will. There is that, that more generative or creative approach you can take, which is, hey, I'm going to capitalize on this. I'm going to lean into this skill set. I think when I zoom out and ask that big question of, well, does it matter? Like, does it matter if we see and expect thing different things from different? I think it hurts everyone for one thing. But I think, I think it matters because in one leadership style, you basically are giving one gender permission to not have to do all the extra legwork of how they're approaching situations. And that really bothers me. So, wait, you're saying does it matter if we what? Kind of just like. This conversation to me is a very interesting one, you know, and I think my conclusion of we, tr- we treat men and women leaders differently, then mm-hmm. the question is, well, does it matter if we do? Like, what's the takeaway? What's the, what can we really do about that? Is it necessarily always a bad thing? And is it even something that we have the power to change?
0: This is where I think we get back to just you and I's different approaches to things because- my, I think what I would imagine your approach might be, I could be wrong. Mm. but it's kind of like, all right, we've got to like fight this. We don't have yeah. equal expectations. And like it's my job to like be the the activist that brings this to the forefront of the world. I think you get to do that in lots of ways on your own mm-hmm. brand and your own platform. right? you like bring these topics of things we should be thinking about to the forefront so so that you can invoke change. Yeah, I think for me, I'm thinking less about like, oh, how do we change it? And more about how do I play inside of it? Like, how do I use what I've got? So I think there's like, those are two different perspectives of looking at this.
1: Yeah, I think I am definitely faster to look at a system yeah than at an individual i'm way faster to be like well it's this way because of this big systemic problem right and that is a lot harder to fix so while it feels more intellectually honest to me to approach it that way i mm. will concede that it's not always the most productive approach to take although i do think that there's this idea of progress through pain and it's this idea of making an inspiring change at the individual or even at the systems level but by making bringing awareness to the pain and pointing it out and making it obvious and and putting it into the forefront so people have to see it and look at it and they can't look away and i think that that's the value for me in calling some of these things out explicitly yeah but i do struggle with the fact that sometimes that that is a bit of a conversation ender in many cases it's like well it's because of this system what are we going to do end of sentence like they kind of it there it's where, where do we go from there though i think that's for
0: me why that approach of like going straight to it's the system here's what's wrong with the system like to me that becomes a little bit demoralizing because i don't know how to change the whole entire system what i do know how to change is me and how i operate through it and so for me i feel a little bit more empowered when my activism is a little bit more about how I move through that and what empowers me, I think I'm going through a journey as a woman, as a woman entrepreneur, as a founder, of like really understanding my superpowers in my feminine leadership in both, really, but like in, in my place in the world as someone who identifies as a woman. And I think I'm really learning like my superpowers there. I think for me, that practice feels more like my version of the activism right, me leaning into my strength as a woman leader feels like my version of, like, let me do my part of the activism, Mm. which I think, like, one of the things I love about you is we both are (laughs) activists in our own ways, and we sort of approach it differently, and we approach these conversations differently, but I, like, that's one of the things I learned very early about you, and I was like, oh, like, I like Katie because of that. Like, she's going to, like, stand up for that cause.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh, thanks. I think, so... Then let me ask you, which do you feel like comes more naturally to you, and which do you have to work at a little bit more? Which style?
0: Great question. Um, I have a non-answer because I okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you. I'm going to give you the like, the the 3D literal kind of in the framework we're talking about. Answer. I think my. I my, inside of just masculine versus feminine, I probably am like a 60, 40, 70, 30 leaning on the masculine side. I think though that that's using what we, the definitions we commonly think of in my head, there's like masculine, feminine, this sort of dichotomy that people are talking about out there, and then there's like lioness in my head, and that's a whole separate thing that I have a whole separate narrative around that empowers me more. And so I am, I can like give you the answer that like lands inside of how people traditionally define it, but the one that's really in my heart and my soul is like more like a lioness, which is none of the above.
1: See, and that's I like that you're, you're like well in the 3D realm, in the 3D <laughs> versus realm versus in the quantum space. Did I say space, that you said in the th- you said the three D something. I was oh like, Oh my god. And we are off the road. I was like, maybe left. I shouldn't say that. Maybe they can't handle
0: that. No. You know, I am like space age. i yeah. yeah,
1: Xenon the what is that? <laughs> yeah, Xena yeah. xenon the sequel. Yeah. Um I think part of it that just kinda clicked as I was listening to that explanation though, is that you know how we'll talk about representation being important and seeing women leaders? Yeah. And and seeing people that look like you in positions of power. Yeah and i just think back to being like in second grade and they have all the presidents on the wall in the room and it's just the wall of white old men and you're like that's what leadership is yeah. okay and you get those messages from such a young age that that i think maybe part of the reason that i associate leadership with a masculine approach yeah, because on some subconscious level, I am equating leaders with men, and so mm-hmm. it's like that's what one has to be. But I, th- I, I actually think if you, someone were to assess objectively the facts that we have laid out, they'd probably look at the feminine style and go, "Well, that's far more sophisticated." It's definitely more sophisticated. That's the that is actually the. I don't wanna use the word superior, but I kind of want to. We'll say, we'll say it's the more sophisticated approach. Sophisticated, superior, sustainable. I said it. Ooh, S cubed, baby. <laughs> sophisticated, superior, sustainable. Yeah. I like it, I love it. Okay, well, on the activism note then, this is an important question that I have for you then. If, if my activism takes a more uh, direct role, will you support my political career someday? Wait. <laughs> no, yes. I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> 100%. I don't know about this. I want we my gotta... face on that wall, you guys. No, I'm just oh, kidding. Oh, Katie for president. <laughs> That's a good place to wrap this up, y'all.
1: I think it is. So it's going to plant the seed now. We'll see you guys seed. in 2045. <laughs>
0: seed planted.
2: <laughs> Take your business further with a smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card.